We are back. It has been a week, but we're still rocking in the free world. That's all I got to say about that. Um, it's been a fucking week for everybody. Uh, we're all tuned into what's going on in the country. So I just want to start saying what looks like a breaking point. It's oftentimes just a bump in the road, but we're going to navigate those roads together. Cover our butts, JM. All right. The views and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the host and do not reflect the official policy or position of the host employers. Any content provided by our host is their opinion is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, entity, individual, or anyone or anything. I think I did it. Unless you're the Proud Boys. Come at us. (laughs) I think I did it without screwing up this week. Pretty happy about that. That sounded good. Yeah. Uh, All right. Boys, girls, ladies, gentlemen, and everything in between. It's been a crazy week. Uh, I mean, Wednesday was <laughs> well, looked apocalyptic. Let's, <laughs> let's start. Let's start with Tuesday because you have the general election runoff in Georgia on Tuesday. Yes, that's a good place to start because that actually adds that kind of added the gravity and the uh, just more weight to what was supposed to occur on Wednesday and what actually occurred on Wednesday. <laughs> this guy that so, I follow on the gram, he was like, "If uh, if the Dems win." I will get a peach tattooed on my ass. I almost said bet. I'll do it too. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> For the mess of a year that we've had, I th- I see things kind of changing a little bit. So did you get a tattoo? No, I never agreed. <laughs> oh, did he get, Did he get the tattoo? I can't wait to see it. Oh, God, that's wonderful. Is it just going to be a cute little peach? <laughs> I hope it's kind of like the emoji peach. Or like, what if you got like a whole like peach tree sleeve? That'd be kind of dope, maybe. Uh, yeah, but I think you could only do or that. Or maybe if like you're a character Georgia. of like uh, Ginsburg eating the peach. I decided. Oh, that'd be dope. <laughs> Ginsburg in he- Ginsburg in heaven with wings eating a peach. Gin- yeah, Ginsburg <laughs> taking a peach and shoving it up Justice Roberts' butthole. Ooh. And then and then <laughs> and Kobe's behind her dribbling. <laughs> and Harambe is looking over it with approval from the clouds. Oh, very stoic. <laughs> Rest in peace, <sighs> friend. All right, so Tuesday we had the Georgia runoff. Uh, I'm going to screw up her name, but you had Kelly Loeffler and is it David Purdue? David Purdue, correct? Yeah, David Purdue. David Purdue were up for re-election. They are the inco- the Republican incumbents. Uh, both those figures were caught up at the beginning of covid because they had the word from cdc dod all those people saying hey shit's about to hit the fan and they decided to sell off a bunch of like stocks and buy stock in uh, ppe and zoom and like work from home solutions so they they immediately like went out and like tried to profit off of covid while telling their constituents it's going to be fine. It's not a big deal. It's just the flu. So (laughs) both those people obviously had a huge target on their bat on their backs. And this was, you know, just Georgia has become kind of the focal point in the election. It seems the Pat, well, especially since November and this like ongoing stop the steal bullshit, like all eyes have been on Georgia, like Arizona, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania have kind of been bit players. Georgia has been the prize because of this runoff because with this runoff the stakes are high and that if both incumbents lost that would give a slim majority in the senate to the democrats uh no it gives a 50 50 
50-50 split with oh, uh, you're right. with 50, uh, 50 Vice President Harris VP with Vice President yeah. Harris as the deciding vote in a, an event of a tie. That's right. Okay, thanks for keeping me honest there. Yep. Yeah, no worries cuz I I thought the same thing too and then uh, I made like I I probably watched uh watched and listened to about 4 hours to 5 hours of that coverage on Tuesday. Uh just like I had I had uh my satellite radio streaming while I was playing video games or something like that. And, um, and I, they kept saying like, if, if only one person get it, gets it, then McConnell is still the leader. I go, wait, hold on a second. I thought both of them gave a majority. So, um, yeah, it's a 50, 50 split with, uh, vice president Harris as the deciding vote. So yeah, the stakes have now greatly been raised, especially going into, Let's not even talk about Wednesday yet. I'm getting ahead of myself. So with this, now we have Mitch McConnell's been kind of – he'll be dethroned whenever those guys take office. He is no longer Senate majority. So that means the agenda is not picked by Mitch anymore. Yeah. I, I don't think we can really comment on that too much without getting into Wednesday then because you saw a lot of – you saw a lot should we just of like, like GOP hardliners. Um, the Capitol was. Should we just kind of start chronologically because um, timeline it and then break it down? Yeah. What? So yeah. on Monday, a Proud Boy gets arrested um, by the yeah. by the DC Police Department. Um, as as much as I can tell, he was like facing weapons charges. <laughs> it, he had uh, two high capacity magazines on his possession for what uh, whatever anyway so he didn't have a weapon on him he just had two mag i guess uh, he had two magazines on. i think the magazines might have been in his car or something like that and then here's of course, a question aaron uh sorry I, i'm not trying to derail you but i just have any of you guys ever actually met our proud boy in real life i feel like aaron has the greatest chance of any of us because he's in Portland and Seattle. Like, that's oh, my like God. I, I know. And I, I've got, like, my libertarian conservative friends, and they're always kind of, like, winking at me. They're like, oh, you went to UW, and Karl Marx was a part of your uh, curriculum, right? And I'm like, uh, yes, Marx was a part of my curriculum. What do you want to know? And my conservative and libertarian friends are just like, man, fucking socialism, fuck communism. I'm like, yeah, fuck communism. That's called Russia, and I've got a lot of problems with it. And I'm, I always China. like to steer the conversation back to Marx, and I say, look, guys, um, Marx was concerned with representation. Now, how can we kind of contextualize that in the United States? I say, well, you've got Jim Crow laws, and you've got the civil rights movement in the 60s. Everybody should be able to, to vote, right? Maybe we, don't, maybe we don't suppress blacks. Let's probably do that. That's, that's not how the Constitution was written. So Marx would be concerned with equal representation of the proletariat and then finding a way to um, give them social and economic mobility. But Which Proud Boys, I don't know anybody. I, you know what? Okay, that's a I, friend of mine bought a car, and he bought it from a Proud Boy. That's I, my connection. I know somebody. Well, she's since blocked me on Facebook since I called her out for it. Um, but she, she was part of a Blue Lives Matter group, whatever. Um, but she made the front page of Reddit and then made the front page of some local news stations um, where they were where there was Proud Boys with 
uh, uniformed police officers at a Blue Lives Matter rally. Um, and it, it was APD, and so APD came down pretty hard on those guys. Seattle Police Department had guys that were on leave during the protests. They were at the Capitol, and that's that blew Saw up pretty that, quick. Yeah. yeah. But I, I yeah. haven't met anybody. I don't know any. I think my first, like, exposure to even, like, what a Proud Boy was was Gavin McGinnis on Joe Rogan's podcast. That was, you know, probably right before Trump took office, I think. And, you know, on this, it was just sounded silly, and it that whole Proud Boy thing turned from, like, oh, we're Western chauvinists. We're, you know, men's rights and, you know, European, like, supremacy, like, basically just you know, veiled white supremacy is the first like real inkling of an alt-right I'd ever heard of. Yeah. And it sounded fucking silly. Wait, like it's Gavin McGinnis was uh, Gavin McGinnis was like co-founder of vice. Wasn't he? Absolutely. And then he yeah. took like a really hard right turn at some point. Yep. 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 And he's Canadian. Uh, this American life did an expose on it. It was like Ira glass act one. Act oh, one. I, I can't stand his voice. <laughs> I like Ira glass a lot. I think his voice is nice. Uh, okay. Well, there's that whole like NPR voice. Like, so this is Ira Glass with NPR, and today we're going to discuss how to stop white supremacy. <laughs> uh, that sounds more like Hidden Brain, but uh, I thought that know, was I thought that was I the know? world. I, okay. I thought that was All the right, world so music of today. I just want to get a base. <laughs> I just want to get like a base on if anyone's actually interactive with a Proud Boy no. ever. So okay, and I think it's important to note before we before we move on timeline wise that it wasn't just a Proud Boy. Um, it was um, it was um, Henry Terrio. It was the um, he's the leader. Not, is he the leader of the Hawaii Proud Boys? No, I th- it, he's the isn't he like the front man? He's up there, yeah. Because Gavin McGinnis doesn't really he's just like a background figure at this yeah, point. Yeah, I think Terrio is the face of it. Uh, I can't remember, but yeah, no, he's like Terrio is way way up there. He's not yeah. just some he proud know, boy. He is the chairman of the Proud Boys. Yeah. Okay. By nightfall, vandals tore down a Black Lives Matter sign and yeah, it happened last banner month, from right? two historic black churches in downtown Washington D.C. and set it ablaze. Yeah, it happened. Oh boy, in de- does it had that happened sound in, it had like happened in KKK, December? Huh? Yeah, it happened in December, and I guess they're finally getting around to arresting him now. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, that was the big. That, that was the big. Um, uh, there was a pretty big that was a pretty big deal about so there was the there was a BLM rally and then the Proud Boys counter counter rallied or counter protested however you want to say it um, and during that is when they tore down that banner um, and lit it on fire and I guess the arrest is just now occurring so that was on Monday um, when I I should have known, I guess, it, it would happen, but I didn't really think that it would. I thought that maybe Trump would just back off. It sounded like he was making plans to just transition the government, but he was still decrying the election results. Because it kind of was like a big, for many, many figures in the Republican Party, it was very much a fundraising grab. Uh, even with the Georgia runoff, like you had Ted Cruz, you had... Uh, Dan Crenshaw, like all these people were, you know, out there yeah, trying to get the vote out for Georgia, but Pennsylvania's all that guy, money they were uh, raising was going to their coffers, not to Purdue or Loeffler's coffers. Yeah, yeah, uh, or was coffers. It, is it Mike Mike Holly? Is he Pennsylvania? I know it's Holly, and I just can't remember. Holly is Missouri. Missouri. Josh Holly. Josh Holly. I'm sorry. Yeah, Josh Holly was uh, heavily involved in that too. 
Yeah, and so they're raising all this money. They 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 this, this whole stop the steal, uh, you know, pre- support the Republicans in Georgia. That's all just been a massive fundraiser. Uh, Trump alone has has raised three hundred million dollars for his campaign, like through Wednesday. Three hundred million dollars. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's off of your neighbors, off of people you know, and support him. They have just been giving this guy money because he was supposed to stop the steal. That's right. Well, and then what happened Wednesday, Aaron? Um, there was what was supposed to happen. What actually would happen? What went right? They were what supposed to wrong. certify <laughs> the results of the electoral college. And during the process of certifying the results of the Electoral College, which um, say that Joe is now president-elect and he's going to assume office uh, later this month, a do we call them protesters or do we call them a mob? Or is that a question for later? That's a question for later. That's, that's they part of our stormed breakdown. the Capitol building. Um, a cop was killed. Um, a civilian that was associated with the 14 year veteran of the air force. Uh, yeah. Whoever that was, we know who she was, but she also was there and stood in front of the Capitol police. And she, she succumbed to her injuries as a result of a gunshot wound. Um, a, a Metro DC cop was also basically trampled to death. He passed away, unfortunately later. And then you had um, two more deaths also. I think it was four total, right? I mean, not four total. I don't know anything about the funny, other two. I haven't heard anything. to be funny, but it was funny, was uh, one guy got a hold of a taser. I think a cop dropped and tasered himself in the balls and he died, which oh, is tragic. And also, what's the, there's it's a word. Of metal. Da- that's Darwinism. Dude, there's metal. a word that's for Dar- tragic comedy. What the fuck is it's it? Called sure metal. It's called Darwinism. There's probably a great German <laughs> term for like tragic comedy. It's called Darwinism. It, or, or, it's not Freudenschoid. No, it's not Freudenschoid. Or Schadenfreud. Um, so so what happened? <laughs> they stormed the Capitol building. They took it over. There was pictures of um these like dudes. Yeah, we're gonna sitting get in Pelosi's chair, stealing things. There was a, there was actually some funny like meme memeing. Oh, memes um, have been fucking fantastic this week. Somebody, oh, it was one of you guys. They sent like a meme that was like Nancy Pelosi's uh podium and it was like four hundred dollars uh, that, that was cody yeah yeah yeah, yeah that was I really saw funny some, but also i saw another really good one kind of sad i saw another um, good one the dude that's walking away with the podium it says the first time this year republicans taken a stand <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite my favorite about that guy was like everyone just like making the correlation that he looks just like chip Gaines from oh uh, he does from chip and joanna fixer upper yeah <laughs> yeah so so what they end up doing is so for me what timeline uh, do we have because there's there's more there's more timeline involved in this there is all right yeah keep going keep rolling Aaron jeez um they held down the Capitol for a while the National Guard uh, was mobilized in Maryland to take the Capitol back correct me if I'm wrong gentlemen um there was several arrests I think there was fifty five arrests in total. They instituted uh, instituted a 6 p.m. curfew, and the world watched. The world had been watching um, from 10:30 a.m. Pacific time, and I I 
was kind of glued to CNN until probably about 8 or 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific when uh, senators were were doing their speeches or floor talks. They were yeah. kind of outlining their talking points and. Yeah, they'd broken, they, they'd they broken were relying on history to sort of say, look, I'm going to go ahead and say some things um, about what happened today. I'm going to talk about our country, our republic, our democracy, and I'm going to talk about it and contextualize it in historical terms. Um, the last time, according to a senator from New Jersey, the last time the Capitol was taken was the War of 1812 when they took it, uh, the U.S. Capitol, the the United Kingdom, the British, they took the Capitol in the name of one man. I think it was in 1814, right? Yeah. It was the War of 1812, and I think it ran for a little while. That wasn't me, was Excuse it? Excuse us, guys. No, that was me. I'm sorry. I was looking up an article. Um, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. The point I'm trying to make is that um, a lot of a lot of protesting has happened this year. Um, there has been a lot of civil unrest, and we see a peop a group of people that genuinely believe that they are disenfranchised, and that something fishy happened, and they did it at the behest of <laughs> President Trump. And it, it kind of gets hard for me to say it anymore. I've got a personal feeling on it, and I'm sure we'll get into that later. But they certified the results later that evening. Um, they did clear the Capitol uh, from the whatever the fuck that was. And life is still not normal? Question mark? Yeah. Yeah. So there's yeah. still. Where do we kind of go from here on this one? Like. So as of today, the Proud Boys. The. Go ahead. Um, well, I mean, just I guess finishing out the timeline. As of today, there are still National Guard troops stationed um, in front of federal buildings in D.C. So that's kind of how the week has ended. And we're supposed to have a peaceful inauguration inauguration in on the twentieth that Trump's not going to attend. Oh, don't care about that. And then we'll. I mean, because I've got some thoughts on that as we kind of, as we kind of talk about some stuff um, about why he's yeah. not attending. So, what were you guys doing on Wednesday? Uh, for me, I was packing. I, <laughs> I, I work from home, so it was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna watch this shit." Like, I'm gonna go watch Ted Cruz make his stupid, self-important, aggrandizing moment of how he's gonna solve it all by uh, recommending a ten-day audit. I was like, "Okay, I gotta see this stupid shit." And so, you know, I'm watching. You know the different speeches. And I'm watching Ted Cruz, and I'm you know I'm work. I'm doing my little like my actual job, and I look up. I'm like, because they cut, they go like, oh well, uh, there's some developments out on the steps of the Capitol. I'm like, what the fuck? They're like, you know, I've been watching for an hour, like texting with you guys and my, my, another group chat, just like you know making fun of a lot of it. And also, it's like, what the fuck? Like, the steps are swar swarmed. All that scaffolding they've been building for the uh, inauguration. It's been taken over by all the uh, you know MAGA supporters that just got done of Trump's rally down the street, and he told them he would meet them at the Capitol. Well, he no showed, but everybody else showed up. Everyone else showed up to party, uh, and that got out of hand really fast. Like, and the funniest thing of all is like when they first break into the Capitol itself, 
they minded the guide ropes. They politely strolled through because they were shocked they were in there. That's the vibe I got. Like, at first, they were shocked they were in there, and then it turned into just exhilaration. Like, if you ask me, they won on Wednesday. I know Joe Biden got certified, but that was a huge victory for that swash of America. Um, well, because they took the capital away from federal lawmakers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They forced people to run. In their minds, like they they reminded all those lawmakers that it's their house, we the people, our house. We're we're gonna step foot in it anytime we want. I mean, that's and, a, like, that's that, a really good. The dude at Nancy Pelosi's desk wrote her a note saying, "We won't back down." Yeah, um, well, I mean, that's really good because that that's gonna go into topic. That's gonna go into our third topic for the night um, yeah. about like what they actually accomplished, but. I was so I was packing up my I was packing up my my room my like little studio apartment there at the at the ranch and I'd left the TV up so I could watch the uh, so I could watch the um, the confirmation and you know the newscaster saying like generally this is like an hour and a half process we expect this to take about six to eight hours um, but because there were six be- states that they were going to object to and each one of those was due a two hour debate yeah. Um, and so like I'm watching it and I go, I really just, I kind of wanted to see the, the process. And that's really the only reason I was watching it was I said, Hey, I kind of want to see what this it's process like kind is. of watching C-SPAN on purpose. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. But you know, this is, this is a new, this is the first time that I've, I've paid this much attention to it. Like I've paid attention to it before, but I've never sat down and been just wholly invested in what's going on. Just mostly because of like how the election how the election ended up, you know, we haven't seen something like this since the Bush Gore uh, recount. Um, And so like I'm watching it and they object, they go into, you know, Senate goes into chambers, Congress or the, um, the house stays right there. Is it the house representatives go over and the congressmen stay there, whatever it is. Um, And so at that point I was like, okay, they're not going to cover two hours of this. Like now, I'm just going to have to listen to the talking heads talk for two hours, and they may go into they like kind of s- were going to they were going to carry it all. It seemed like, and I was like, yeah, they're gonna like they're going to they're going to go back and forth and listen to some of the speeches and all that stuff. And do I really care? Not really, um, because we I knew I had you know how it's going to end up. So I like I'm I move a bunch of stuff downstairs. And then, like, I'm rearranging the truck, and I spend maybe 45 minutes downstairs. And I come back up, and the next thing I see is just people have flooded the Capitol. Like, uh, what happened? And then that's where we started texting back and forth. And then Cody and I went for a run, and it was still going on. And I was listening to CNN yeah, on Sirius XM all the way over there. And I go, surely by the time this runs over, because we're going to do like a 45-minute hour run, We'll be good. <laughs> and then I came back and I was like, oh, it's still going on. Yeah, it took a lot longer for there to be a reaction to this overtake, swarm, whatever you want to call it, than I ever would have imagined to clear the U.S. Capitol. It's, they were not prepared. And, you know, all the reports are saying they should have been prepared. They had been warned by other you know, police departments, other entities, they've been offered help. But Social media Capitol posts. police were like, Capitol Police were like, no, it's going to be fine. And to that point, 
I so what I expected out of Wednesday was Trump would have his big, you know, big speech about how the election's still being stolen from us because it, it's a fundraising talking point at this point. And there would be a showing. I, I expected a strong su- showing of support out there. So like, you know, because they're the Trump's allies were out there making his last stand to object to this, you know, tomfoolery. It's like they're going to be there. Um, expected it. What they did was beyond anything I ever could have expected from a Republican crowd, because on surface, I mean, how many times have we heard from our elders and friends like, well, the reason why Republicans never out there protesting is because they've got jobs and like, you know, we're the we're the law and order, this, that, like how all that shit was beneath them. Not Wednesday. No. Yeah. Uh, were you t- Aaron, you telecommute too, right? I do, too. Um, and. <clears throat> As soon as they started storming, there was like my phone just was going off with both my Twitter feed and my yeah. uh, my news feed. Um, I don't know. I how generally I don't done. pay that much attention. I quite frankly, on Monday and Tuesday, my eyes were on different world events. I just kind of thought this was going to be like a business as usual. Yeah, I don't think any of us uh, had any intent of covering this at all. Period, because we generally just don't want to talk about the election anymore. It was kind of just supposed to be a check in the box, like, okay, they objected, but nothing happened of it. It's still, you know, life went um, on. Numbers still say otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Look what I found in my truck. And, um, good God. <laughs> it was in my Yeti from last week. I found a nice. lonesome. I hope it's still warm. No, it's cold. Guys, I just moved out, for all of our listeners, I just moved into my apartment in North Carolina today, and I have a Lone Star that I found in my Yeti cooler. <laughs> And it is ice cold. We can give you his yeah. address if anybody You're wants to You're welcome, Jam. If I hadn't given you that cooler, you'd have warm beer. No, I wouldn't because it's, so, it's been sitting you. in my truck for two days and it's been freezing in Alabama. I'm always looking out for you. Yeah. Okay, I'm so like Aaron, I'm you, like you said your, your news feed was blowing up. Um, at what point did you like? Did you tune in and go, maybe I should look at this? Uh, so I, I really couldn't, but I... I was keeping an eye on it passively. What I was really surprised about is that they actually got into the building. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was really surprised they got in the building. And then more surprised about the building, I was more surprised about the people that were in there. This guy, the Washington Post, throws a, a photo on their gram, and there's this guy in camo walking through like the hallways. with, And it's just like, come on, man. If you really wanted a camouflage, you would have <laughs> worn a tie. <laughs> like he's just yeah, like just blended all in, blended in with the rest of out, you know. <laughs> and then there's another guy that's like dressed up like fucking Chewbacca or something. Oh, okay, so we're gonna ta- we're gonna talk about Jacob. Horns we're gonna guy. talk about Jacob Chancellor later too, because I there I'm gonna get into some conspiracy theory stuff on that one. And then the the wildest we're conspiracy sh- theorist, <laughs> like. Did it wasn't just like kind of just like shocking to to see all these people swarm into the was it the Senate chamber or the or the House of Reps chamber they all swarmed it was the, into it was the it was the uh, Senate chamber because the Senate chamber is where they were holding the confirmation hearing yeah and so then the all House of Representatives the Senate would break chamber off. is occupied by these occupants yeah <laughs> these usurpers yeah I like that usurpers. And they're turning into a fucking like Instagram station. Like you go down there and like they're taking turns, like 
I've got the gavel. I've got the seat of power. And <laughs> it's like no tourist even gets to set foot on that. Like if you go for a capital tour, I don't think you get to go in there. And they trampled there. They went through every office. Like Nancy Pelosi's office got ransacked or like signs stolen. People are reading her emails. Some guys just like fucking feet up on her desk. I was like, dude, that is the seat of power for the government. And it's been turned into fucking Disneyland. Now we can sit here and laugh about it, but um, I was listening to the New York Times podcast uh, and they kind of, they released their information basically next day. And for as alarming as it is that our federal law building got taken over, some of the lesser known ramifications um, aren't really apparent because it's really easy for Anderson Cooper and Jake Tapper to just sit there and talk about people are storming the Capitol. But what we don't talk about, what the news doesn't talk about is how terrified all of the staff were. Yeah. All of the staff that work for our, they, our house of representatives and, they, and our congressmen. Yeah. They mentioned that too, because they, you know, they, they'd said that a lot of the, um, a good chunk of the Congress people up there uh, on, on the House and the Senate um, were there during 9-11. So they'd experienced that terror before. But these brand new, like, summer intern staffers who are on their first job or their congressman just got elected and <laughs> or reelected. And they're like, yeah, um, they had mentioned that a quite a bit um, <laughs> about the that's terrifying because i can't imagine um this isn't all three of us have all three of us have some form of military experience um all three of us have had some sort of oh shit moment in our life where we just reacted Mm -hmm. and like we knew what to do um whether that was in the military whether it was in life but this is not this is akin to man do i want to cody myself on this one Probably. This is, I mean, you're, you're talking like for these staffers, for these people, for these people, this is, you're getting to like school shooting territory where this is sure. not supposed to happen. And, and it there happened. was a, a tweet that went around uh, early in the week about how I never know to actually believe this or not, but some nine-year-old saying like, yeah, we've had three school shooting drills at school. We had to hide on our desk. That's how we feel. Now it's their turn. I'm like, I doubt your nine-year-old yeah, said that, ha- but I understand kids, where but you're coming from. Yeah, um, no, that's a very good point, uh, Aaron. That uh, I'm glad you brought that up because this is not this is not part this is not normal. part of their job description. <laughs> their job description uh, is not to hide from from people storming into their place of business with weapons. No, and, heroics, and, and just for perspective, it's it'd be like if you got you and your buddies. Um, and you were at a work site, and you just stormed your boss's office and threw him out. Like, yeah. Anyway. Um, there are some moments of heroics that we saw, like... Um, with the Metro PD or with the... Two, two, like, just, you know, female staffers were the ones that thought to go back and grab the ballots they were supposed to certify. Dude. Which, that I thought that was pretty cool. Um, one of the... Oh, was yeah. it Tapper? Was Tapper on site? 
Uh, no, Jake is no. Jake. Jake's at the National Center. Who, like, Tapper who does was the scene? So there's a CNN correspondent on site who was uh, with 75th. He was he's a he was a ranger. No, no. no. So I don't think he was a CNN guy. He's an actual congressman. I think his name is Jason. Crow. That's who it is. Yeah, it was a congressman. Um, it was a congressman who took was, care of people, who was showed with, them how to like, put masks on. Yeah, who was with regiment. Uh, he was a 75th. Yeah, he was a 75th guy. Um, he was a United States Army Ranger, and like he's talking about, it. he goes, "Yeah, we've got octogenarians in there that are freaking out." And he goes, "This, this is back to my like 18 tours in Iraq." He did. I don't think he had 18. He, he mentioned a number out there, but he's a ranger, so I'm sure it was a fuck ton of tours. Um, but he's like, "Yeah, this brings me right back to like Iraq days." So it was all right. Take care of everybody around me. Um, and he he's like, "Didn't matter who was around me. It didn't. I, I'm not gonna let." that person died because they're a Democrat and that one lived because they're Republican. It was straight like get everybody out, get them safe, show them how to put this on and escort people out, get them out of here now. And, you know, I I hope that both sides of the aisle saw what happened to them and how once you flame the, you fan the flames of rhetoric and, you know, call your your calls to arms sometimes actually are fucking calls to arms. Okay, so I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because part of what we are missing when we're talking about uh, Wednesday in and of itself is the rally it's Trump speech. No, not just Trump speech, but the rally the rally beforehand. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. have so like So you have Donald Trump day. giving a speech. Um, I don't think Giuliani. I don't gives think a we need to go quite go Mo over Brooks gives. A speech. I, yeah, I don't think we need to go over Trump's rhetoric because we we kind of know basically what's going to be you said know, there. Um, Giuliani's Giuliani's uh, famous line is in his speech is we're going to have trial by combat. Um, it is it is thought that he's talking about um, in the courts that we're going to have combat in the courts, but he doesn't say that. He says we're going to have trial by combat. You have uh, Illinois Representative Mary Miller, who said Hitler was right on one thing. He said, whoever has the youth has the future. Our children are being propagandized. Or propagand- propagandized? Is that a word? Um, Good enough for me. You have a, uh, you have um, Donald Trump Jr. who says, thank you for being in the fight with us and standing up to all the bullshit, and then says amen and a women at the end of his speech. Um, and then you have a West Virginia lawmaker who's involved in this so this isn't when you said fan the flames the there is a whole before anybody actually made a movement on that there is a whole um there is a whole like propagation moment um there's hours of propagation ahead of this and it ends with i mean trump i'm not getting his words exactly correct here but this the idea was and now you're going to march on the Capitol and let them know, and I will meet you there. Uh, yeah, let me. Like, he let was me supposed look. to be leading the fucking charge for these people. Let me look up that one because he said something like, "We are going to march on the Capitol," and they will hear yeah. our voice or something like that. Yeah. Um, like we're gonna fight like hell. They're not gonna take our White House. That like, I I know I probably. The audience and this story deserves like verbatim verbiage. I know that. I just wasn't prepared. I'm sorry, gang. No, I mean this is there's there's a lot. It says we're going to walk down to the Capitol and we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. We're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them because you never you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to be 
to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Um, yeah. And then, so that's speech number one by him. Speech number two, when Republican and Democratic, uh, Democrat um, congressional members are calling out to him, like, you have to speak out to these people. Tell them to stop. Um, and his famous line at the very end of it with, with telling them to, in his way, to not do it anymore is, uh, we love you. Go home and go peacefully. Yeah, it's like, you're very special people. Yeah, go, we love you. Go home and go peacefully. Um, I think that, you know... That I- I think from here we can. I think you're about to say the same yeah, thing. Yeah. So this is like <laughs> we can go into. We, we've the, pretty much the. we've pretty much gone into um, what happened Wednesday at the Capitol building. Aaron, are we missing anything, or did we pretty much cover all of our bases there? I think um, if if we missed anything, it would have been uh, congressional speeches um, later that evening. So, so uh, you're right. You're right. Uh, I have that actually pulled up too, because I want to talk about that. So you have, uh, what'd you say, Cody, you had six states originally that were going to object. Yes. Uh, Arizona, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, Georgia, Michigan. Michigan. I'm sorry. Did I say that twice? Yep. You're right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So That's after, it. after the, um, after the surgeon of the Capitol building is quelled, uh, they resume the the congressional members resume the confirmations of the ballots. After this, you had Senator Steve Daines of Montana, Senator James Langford of Oklahoma, and Kelly Leffler of Georgia, all said, "Nope, we are not going to. We're not like we're not objecting anymore. This is it is too far gone." Um, Senator uh, Rogers of Washington said, nope, not going to do it anymore. So you immediately had six states that were supposed to object, and then you went to two, which was Arizona, which Arizona was already in the debate when um, when the Capitol, where we when the capital was yeah. stormed. And then uh, Josh Hawley objected to Pennsylvania. And so everyone here watched when they they reconvened everyone here watched i'm assuming uh i listened to it i did i did for a little oh, bit oh no i did watch um, it so because i i got to yeah because wh- i watched um i wa- and i was i hate to say this and i don't hate to say it. i watched lindsey graham stand up there and speak and go i was gonna mention i watched yes. lindsey graham stand up there and speak and goes this has gone too far. Y'all need to sit down and stop this foolishness. You guys are Mitch McConnell. And Mitch McConnell going stop, stop all of it. That's the most statesman Mitch McConnell's ever been, because it goes back to what I said earlier. Both sides of that aisle were fucking terrified by what they sowed, <laughs> like like what that happened to them. They're like, uh, you're not supposed to come in here and threaten us. That's too much. So the finally, senator from uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, all I was gonna say is like you actually heard some, you know, a lot of it. I don't know how empty or hollow is. I'll assume it's all earnest, but you heard some great stuff from a lot of people. I think like when Lindsey Graham was speaking, he was pretty earnest because he even made a joke. He's like, "You're never gonna hear me agree with Rand Paul," and I completely agree with what Rand Paul is over there saying. Like, s- stop. <laughs> yeah, Rand Paul, who I usually think is kind of a fucking chode, is like, "This is too much." We've got to stop. Like this. all we're doing is perpetuating everything. Um, and, and I fi- and Rand Paul was kind of like he was on board of like, 
maybe I'm right or wrong here. So Rand Paul was not gung ho about stopping the count and all that shit. Am I correct in that? Anyone? Uh, idea? You know, because Rand Paul wasn't so outspoken during the whole thing. I didn't really. Because what we saw was at one point there was supposed to be, I think, 15 or 16 senators that were going to piggyback on the objections from the House, uh, the House fo- the House Republicans. And that number went from 15 or 16 to six, like Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley. Uh, I can't think of the other four, but uh, Tommy Tuberville, that piece of shit, <laughs> like one of the worst goddamn football coaches ever. Not worse, but like he's had a lot of embarrassing moments. And this guy's now a fucking senator. And the very first thing he does in office is make a mockery of, of democracy. <laughs> But it went from 16 senators saying, hell yeah, we we got your back, to six people. Because a lot of no, them no, no, said, no, like, no, 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 I'm out. Sorry. So, so uh, yeah, before we – we don't even have to get to next week for that correction. So there were still yeah. there were still a ton of senators. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a ton of – I always screw up the difference between senators and representatives. Oh, no, you're correct here. The representatives, like the majority of Republican representatives still voted to object. Yes, that's what it was. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. So like the representatives were still on the objection. It was the senators. Okay. So senators are your Congress. Is that Congress? Congress as a whole. And then you have the House of Representatives and then the Senate. Okay. That's what it is. That's right. I always screw that up. Whew. Um. Any other big moments from uh, the speeches that happened later Wednesday evening? Uh, miss or, or anything that you guys want to go over? No, I, th- I think we've pretty much, um, at least from my end, we've we've kind of we've encompassed leading up to, during, after um, fallout wise. Yeah, there's really no place to put this. So fallout from this is you have um, the president's. The, the president's uh, Twitter account was banned for 12 hours following his final statement, uh, which was the video. Um, subsequently to that, his, his person, and this is his personal Twitter account, his government, his federal, like the official at POTUS still is open, of course. But subsequent to that, his whole Twitter account was banned. His Facebook account was banned also, if I'm correct. Like, banned permanently, shut down, never to be used again. Uh, so you have an influx of you have an influx of people abandoning Twitter and Facebook, moving over to Parler and Gab. So much show, so that Parler and Gab servers shut down. And I know Jabe and I have both signed up for this shit like on Friday. No, no, no. I had no. I had both. I had. Well, you had already yeah, been. There, I had. Right? The I signed up for this shit on Friday because um, I had nothing else to do that night. I'm. My wife's pregnant. I my Friday nights is <laughs> at home, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm locked and loaded. I'm going to parlor. I gotta see what's happening." Yeah. And you're getting loaded. And then I was a little drunk. And then, yeah. so Good. that happens. Um, the difference between parlor and Gab is Gab owns their own servers, and they were able to scale immediately uh, because they have their own server farm. Parlors is hosted by AWS, and as of this morning, Amazon uh, had prepared them to be banned from or to lose hosting privileges. And then uh, I guess Parler they did not one. comply, and they have since lost hosting privileges with AWS. 
am I correct in that? They they have already lost hosting privileges. Their servers are down. Yes, I uh, tried to get on it before we started the pod, and it is not something <laughs> is no longer accessible. Um, okay, so I think, man. The president wasn't just blocked from Twitter and Facebook. He was blocked from every platform imaginable. And Stripes, which is a big uh, Stripes is the military. point of sale yeah, kind of shit. They, Stripes has said they will not process payments for his campaign oh, website anymore. Oh, Marriott has said they will not contribute funds to any to the campaign of any politician who objected to the count on Wednesday. There's some huge fallout. Um, well, and Parler, Parler was removed from the Apple and... Well, it was removed from Google Play. Did it actually get removed from Apple? I know Apple threatened it. I don't know if it got removed uh, or not. Give me one second. I'm pretty sure that's true. I'll tell you um, in a moment. Is there... Because I kind of want to talk about... Um, I kind of want to talk about um, Section 230 um, for uh, everybody who doesn't know what Section 230 so is. So, Parler is gone. Okay, so it's off the Apple Store, too. Yeah. I want to talk about Section 230. Is there a place that we can fit this in, or, or do we have to talk about it here? Say it again. I want to talk about the um, Section 230. Let's hit 230 uh, after we do. We go through our discussion on riot and protest and uh, what's patriotism versus insurrection. Okay. But I think I think uh, Aaron, you can tell me I'm stupid. But I think two thirty probably is a good conversation to have because that's leading that's to a lot. That's leading to a lot of because it's censorship. It's a discussion on censorship, yeah. which and is which is a direct uh, result of everything that happened Wednesday. And I probably have an unpopular opinion. When we get there, that's so fine. I've got some wait. unpopular opinions, some other stuff in here. Um, oh, I I do as well. Uh, All right. Aaron Aaron <laughs> is the only correspondent here who has been locally based in two areas with major protest and or riots throughout the summer. So Aaron's had the pleasure of being in the Seattle area and the Portland area over the summer during um, during riots, protests, um, demonstrations. People standing on their front yard holding a sign to go from one extreme to the other. Uh, Cody and I were around for the Austin, um, which started out as protest. Uh, saw a guy pushing a wheelchair, getting shot by a United States Army sergeant. Um, and then you have Atlanta. I think those were the four big ones this summer. Is that correct? Am I missing one? Detroit? Did Detroit burn? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Uh, Minneapolis, Minneapolis well, Minneapolis started because I mean, of D.C. Yeah. So yeah, Minneapolis is what kicked everything off, right? With the death of George that Floyd. That is where that's what set it off. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um so I'd made a comment on a Facebook post. I'm I'm a little like I kinda want to intro you. Couple, I, well, the reason is I want to intro you on yeah, this one. Because I made a I made a I'd made a comment on a Facebook post about what happened and basically it was hey, my my post effectively said like, hey Republicans, you remember when you said y'all weren't going to riot because y'all were gonna be too busy at work. Um and then somebody's like, Oh yeah, but you know, when the left does it, I was like, No, I, you know, riots in general detract from your the message you're trying to send. Um so no, they're never okay. And I specifically said Atlanta, Austin, Portland, and Seattle. Aaron um commented and said, No, 
I was around Portland. I can tell you that was not a riot. So the discussion that we're kind of talking about is the difference between a riot and a protest. And because, Aaron, you were locally involved between, I'm not going to say locally involved, but you were around at some point the Chaz and Portland. And I kind of want to hear what the difference between those two was for you, right? Okay, so I, I didn't get to see the Chaz, which was the which you were lo- you were local zone in Seattle, but I do live close enough that it that did pop up, and I knew people that did yeah. go, and the sort of consensus was that it was a community oriented <laughs> offshoot that was autonomous from city and state law enforcement. Would you call that a riot? Um, Would you call the Chaz a riot? call the Chaz just kind of like a really bad name for an area where you said we don't want any any of your fucking cops like it was just like really easy to make fun of you got a bunch of folks out there and it kind of looks like this farmer's market but you kind of barter for goods and services rather than like an apocalyptic farmer's market yeah except there's like weed pipes (laughs) I don't know (laughs) So would you? I, I'm, I'm making a joke. I'm making a joke, but also would you like, compare Chaz to Occupy Wall Street? Like when f- there's you know hundreds of people just living the, on Wall Street for like two months, or the Umbrella Movement in uh, Beijing, or the Umbrella Protest in Beijing. Yeah. So I, I think it's deeper than that. Um, what, at least in my area, what we kind of felt like is that there is a there is a there's a discrepancy with the uh, with the police force, the militarization of the p- police force, and we're not exactly happy with it in Seattle, Tacoma, and Portland. There is a history of cops not being investigated for actions taken while on the job, and we've gone and protested at federal buildings, but now. Um, now there's no resolution, and now the DOJ has been uh, mobilized, and there's this special tactics unit that's r- grabbing people off the streets. And arguably, it's kind of funny because it's like as uh, just this left of center moderate, you know. Oh, I think like, you're. I, th- I think oh, I'm shit. the moderate one here. I think both of y'all are left of me. Uh, doesn't no. matter. <laughs> day to day, it changes. <laughs> it yeah, it depends on who's making news. <laughs> Because I, cause I right. guarantee you, as soon as our um, Democrat sheriff does something stupid in Georgetown, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, like, like, we already know that Portland, guy sucks. And, you know, me and my buddy, we were going on kind of like a, a big cycling ride, and he he rode down from Skyline. He picked me up in southeast Portland. We go back over the Hawthorne Bridge, which was famously shot, you know, shut down during the first weeks of the big protest. Well, I mean, like, when I was living with my ex-girlfriend, like, that's... That's uh, a bridge that we went over regularly, right? Because um, she lives off of Hawthorne. Now, Mike and I get across the bridge, and we go past the Fed building, and there's folks out there just still protesting, and it's like, yeah, I got it. Like, don't kill black folk and go protest if you have time, but I, I really don't. Just don't kill black folk. So, like, all right, cool. Rock and roll. Do your thing. Um, and we rode on. And it was like the next day, there are pictures of like Delta Force dudes 
shooting 40 millimeter grenades uh, or, or CS um, just I don't even know what to call it. I know it's CS gas, but I tear gas. They're shooting it's, tear yeah, gas. It's can it's, can- it's, can- it's uh, canistered pepper spray, which oftentimes looks just like you're rubbing an onion in your eyes. Yeah, it's it it, it tickles. <laughs> an onion would be nicer. <laughs> you know, it's it's just mildly inconvenient at the worst, right? We're supposed to be having a revolution. <laughs> oh man, and not and so that's just, when it turned track, like sorry. it turned it, from. From protests from there, they did turn into just straight riots. Um, so there was, but there was an evolution there, at least. This wasn't, uh, and it's it, and it, the pattern kind of carried itself across the country, where you did have protests, you know, you know, BLM led protests that, after a while, it you know every protest attracts folks who want to somehow set it off i would say that includes wednesday i would say that includes anytime we saw like fucking police precincts on fire well, you remember you like, remember I, baltimore um you remember baltimore several years ago um after the freddie oh gibbs God, yeah. that's his name that's who yeah. we couldn't that's the name we couldn't think of yeah. jam freddie yeah, gibbs. so baltimore several years ago um and that went uh, there was no protest at all um that was straight like that just was violent immediately, and the, I mean the most famous one, of course, is Rodney King. Immediately, as soon as they come back, with, they return a not guilty vote. That is, that is pure riot. Uh, but to hear Aaron talk about it, it, like the prog- the the progression of peaceful protest and demonstration into what it became, um, and it's always heartbreaking because I mean we say this as, you know. <laughs> Affluential, mostly white guys. Uh, we Affluential. Like I make like forty five thousand dollars a year, dude. That's not. Oh yeah, and you're poor up there at forty five k. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, white guys. I'll just say white guys. Uh, well, no, the mostly <laughs> white. The mostly Thanks, white man. is right because he is Chavez. Mostly white. Yeah, I am a Chavez. Yeah, and we'll have lots of racist things to say about that later. Um, no, we won't. Uh, but, you, but you still want to come to me for fucking tortas, and I don't want to hear anything else about it. We have three white guys who will probably agree that, you know, we're like, we'll wring our hands. Like, you know, they just lose the message when they go violent. Like, no, uh, no, 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 no. Okay. We, so we don't have that lived experience. I said, so I said that. I said earlier that, um, it, fuck, thanks for calling me out. I said that the message is, the, the message is um, degraded uh, through the violence. I mean, I agree. The, the mes- but that's also the, the me- me- I'm also not saying I don't get it. I it's not me saying I don't understand how it gets. There I guess I, sh- I guess I, I should clarify. I guess I should clarify what I said. The message to the people in the city that it's happening to is not it's not degraded there. Um, when because the so the protest in Minneapolis after the George George Floyd death break out across the country and they finally hit Austin, and it took all of shit what like two days before people were shutting down shutting down i-35 marching across sixth street uh, i actually have a friend who lives on fourth street um and they came like right down her street um so we had the protesters in portland like from marissa's spot like you know we watched them drive by um kind of one of the cool things about when i was living in portland is not only did you have the experience of a very I watched a very peaceful 
and I would argue fun protest. Like you guys are just out there partying. Yeah. Like, all right, okay, cool, rock and roll. But they'd also do like at at seven p.m. every night. Everybody goes on their porch and they ring their bells for all of the essential workers and the healthcare workers, which because all of us admit COVID. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. So where I was going with that is the the message is degraded because, um, you know, Mayor Adler in Austin heard, like he definitely heard what the people were saying. And that's a Democrat city. Um, and it's a very Democrat city, uh, much like Portland is, much like Seattle is, much like Atlanta is. Um, now Austin, Seattle, and Portland are a little more affluent than Minneapolis and Atlanta are. Um, but yeah, economics aside. So the uh, Atlanta is fucking booming. The, so that's my only the no no the Atlanta suburbs are booming. The Atlanta inner city, uh, the Atlanta proper is not. I don't know the last time you've been to Atlanta proper. I have well, family that live in Atlanta proper. Two years. <laughs> Atlanta proper is not booming. Um, the suburbs are, like the suburbs, they're doing very well. Um, I mean the trap is the trap, <laughs> but so th- which I went the, to the people of that city are hearing it. The problem is, is the media, we're going to, I don't want to blame anything on the media, but the media gets a hold of it, right? And the message is degraded because the people that don't live in Atlanta, Minneapolis, and Detroit, and Baltimore, Austin, you know, all your major cities, LA, whatever, the people in uh, Muskogee, Oklahoma, the people in, you know, whatever town in Iowa, the people in whatever town, South Dakota, all they see is violence and so whatever message they were trying to carry over outside of their and city and people. nationwide that's where the message is degraded at does that make sense that, that's kind of where i was going with it is that i think the national sense. message yeah is no degra- it the does national uh, message is degraded because once, once you yeah once you're wa- once you're watching it from afar it's scary yes uh for us in georgetown there's all these white people just fucking clutching their pearls like I just know those BLMers are going to bring that shit right into Georgetown. It, it, we saw that on all of our Facebook posts. Uh, um, Aaron, I, don't, I mean, I, the people you associate with probably well, weren't saying that. Jam and I went to the square. The square is in Georgetown. So Georgetown is the county, county seat, seat for, Williamson, for county. Williamson County. And so they had a Black Lives Matter protest. There wasn't very many people there. Yeah, Cody and I went out but and took a just, couple cases just of the water. Fact, and, you know, like, yeah, we brought them water. Um, just the fact there was going to be a Black Lives Matter protest brought out, I don't know, like six fucking white dudes who were try who try to show up as a show of force just to make sure shit doesn't pop off. Uh, and, yeah, because uh, your sister works at which, your, your stepsister works at a bank there and was like, yeah, we had to ask some dude to stop putting on his riot gear in our parking lot because it was private property. Yeah, he's throwing like he's strapping every fucking gun in the world onto him, and so. But that's in a bank parking lot. And so they called the police and the police came by and said, uh, like, what do you do? It's like, oh, I'm exercising my second minimum rights. Like, okay, interesting. Uh, Do you have your CHL? And because you have in Texas, you have to have your license to carry in order to open carry or concealed carry. And well, not with handguns, not long rifles, long rifles all day, whatever. That's just how it is here. Well, so the guy hands over his LTC and like, hey, uh, so uh, this here is expired. So any handgun on your person 
needs to be sent over to me, and we can figure this out once you're once you're back up to code. And so Georgetown police fucking stripped this guy of like three handguns in a parking lot of a bank. <laughs> all Good. that, all that because well, it, it, because because just, of because of the because of what happened in Minneapolis, the fear and we saw it come down to Austin, and they went shit. It's in my backyard, and then yes, as soon as it turned violent. As soon as it turned violent, like it did in Minneapolis, um, now we didn't have buildings burning. There, there were you know there was windows broken. People were shot with rubber bullets. Um, you did have, you did have a guy shot, um, shot pushing his paraplegic wife across the street by an active, by an active duty, duty army, army sergeant. sergeant who was driving Uber in Austin. Um, but as soon as that happened, then. The people that need to hear it, the people that, honestly, the people that need to hear (laughs) what they're saying are now scared of the message because the message is no longer, the message is no longer stop killing innocent people of color. It is now do this or we'll burn your fucking city to the ground. We're going to Sherman your Georgia. Oh, that was good. That's a good reference. I'm I'm proud of you for that one. I thought you would like the history reference there. I am proud yeah, of you for that one. Poor, poor Savannah and Atlanta and all of that. But uh, you're right. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely. I've never uh, like you hate to see it go violent. But if you're remotely intelligent, if you've spent any time studying history or any sort of sociology, like you have no excuse for not knowing why it's occurring. But you also have to recognize that it scares the intended audience for it and that sucks so there's gaps in our american in for or or in our our american education system that sort of leave out the fact that right jim crow went under and we went to equal opportunity but what we don't talk about is that there's um there was legislation and there was bias still there that prevented people of color from either being treated fairly by law enforcement or from even being able to um, own land in places where they could uh, move upward economically. Well, just the um, looking at the stats of who actually gets charged mm-hmm. with drug crimes versus who doesn't. And everyone knows it's not like only black people or Hispanic people do drugs or sell drugs. They're just the ones who actually get prosecuted for it. And so that's what like, and that so just the idea of drugs being illegal has been carte blanche for a police state to constantly be in their neighborhoods, constantly knocking on doors, constantly frisking people. Yeah, then you start getting yeah, then you get into like Terry stops and like what is what is actually legal and is stop and frisk illegal, uh, legal like it was forever in New York. Um, Terry stop. Thanks, Giuliani. Um, Can I ask you guys a question no, real quick um, while we're on this because we're. <laughs> I feel like we're kind of going towards a direction where we're asking we're asking the difference between protests and riots and protests they started out track. to be riots they turned out to be um I've got some quotes from you uh, for you I was like, oh, fuck. I'm going <laughs> I'm going I'm going I'm going to read them off and I I want you to guess who they came from Is this going to be like a like protesters should not let up MLK Ooh, is uh, ooh, is that good? Cody, N- protesters should not let up. 
Uh, Donald Trump. Don't Google it. Donald no, Trump. It's going to be like MLK here, or Gandhi. Here are my hands. I have liquor in them. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to... I'm I'm not going to answer, but I will give the answer uh, in a second because I'm going to ask you a second one. I just don't know why there aren't uprisings all over this country. Maybe there should be. Ooh, that Joe I Biden. just don't know why there aren't uprisings all over this country. Maybe there should be. Stacey Abrams. No, I'm going to go with like I'm going to go with. Ooh, I'm torn between. Oh, I'm torn between. These are all going to be white. I'm people, torn between like Mandela and. And uh, Kennedy. I'm going to go Mandela. So that was, uh, respectively, that's supposed to be Kamala and oh, uh, Nancy okay. Pelosi. <gasps> really? Oh. Democrats. I'm doing some fact check with Politico real quick. Um, you know what? Well, so... Ooh, actually... Uh, are those out of context quotes? They are. Oh, they okay. are. Okay. That's not even fair. That's a so effort. I guess what I was trying to ask is was I guess the question I'd ask you is we've already talked about what Donald Trump said, we talked about what Giuliani said. At what point do we say that what they said was out of context? And I I'm not trying to be a oh like their their responsibilities on the podium, right? So yeah, so at okay. What point, so uh, what, at what is point that are rhetoric? things taken out of context? And, and at what point? So, but I think um, I think that's unfair because this is not this is not a singular instant or a singular instance of anybody getting up on a platform on Wednesday and only making. Only making a statement, uh, trial by combat, like Giuliani said. Only saying that Wednesday and having no, never said anything like that before. This is a continued message. Um, the president has never, and the president has never outright said anything, period, whatsoever. He has never outright said anything. That says, go do this in my name. He has never denied associate or association with, nor has he ever condemned associations with people that do these things in his name, though. Okay, so this actually uh, presents a really great leading question. What does saying things out of context actually mean? Or Just like what leaving is, what like does ambiguous that mean? statements? Yeah, so at what p we've said things on this show and we frame it as our opinion. And it turns out sometimes we make statements that are either wrong, untrue, or like that time that I blacked out, really <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Right? That wasn't cool. <laughs> that was a very embarrassing apology to give out. But also, what I'm trying to say is that. Actually, no, no, that's the, no, I that's good. Um, the key word in that was apology, uh, because you because you recognized that something you said could have been insightful or misconstrued, and you went back and go, "I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. Let me clarify exactly what I meant." At nope, yeah, you owned it. You took you took ownership of 
of your at, words. At which no point, is hard at to no come point by. during the current administration has anybody ever gone back that I can think of. I'm sure there has been an instance, and I will get corrected. Um, but at no point in the current administration has anybody ever gone back and said, "No, this is exactly what I meant." There's been corrections. I, I couldn't stand like that, McCamey, um, the. What what is she? She's the communications director for the uh, the Trump administration, and she's just like, what the president said was taken out of context, and it's like, how many times can we slap that on as a an excuse? Uh, oh yeah, it's always like to oh, skirt around the fact that you kidding. said he was stand being sarcastic. Down, proud stand down, boys. stand by. Stand, stand down, down, stand by. Yeah, like right. Oh, stand down and stand by yeah. because I yeah. need yeah. you well, later. What exactly That's do you mean? Turned out to be true, I guess. Yeah. Um. Oh, and he never answered. And I think for that's it. the yeah. We we're doing a whole lot of we're doing a whole lot of bashing on the current administration because that's who is under fire right now. Um, off the top of my okay, I don't so to answer the question it here, because it, it's kind of boring. No, it's not. But the also, di- like, it's important. I think the difference between a riot and a protest is okay. The pr- getting back on track. It's a riot when it's essentially a riot once the first person's injured. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's not correct either. Maybe it's I when the first th- time you break th- a window. Maybe it's the first window I broken. I think it's a wanton I think it's wanton destruction outside of or like wanton or destru- when the message is lost. When it goes from we we want change to fuck this shit, we're angry and everything in our path is a target. Maybe that's that's the turning point. So, I, yeah, for me, it's like wanton destruction outside of your point. If you were protesting, uh, let's do something super basic. If you were protesting the, um, if you're protesting the deforestation of the Amazon, right? So, if you are standing on Capitol Hill and you're protesting whatever super PAC is lobbying for cutting down the, um, you know, shit, not even Amazon. They're they're lobbying to to rape and pillage all the lim- or all the um, lumber and timber out of the Pacific Northwest. We're going to cut down every single tree between Oregon and Cali- and Northern California for harvesting, right? And you're standing on the Capitol, and then you just burn down the Capitol. For me, that's a riot. If you're sta- okay, if you're fair. standing if you're standing on a construction site, and you're protesting that. And you go burn down the equipment that is actively being used to further that. To me, that's still protest because it is still your me- that that those actions are still on message. We are hindering the f- we are hindering what we are opposing. The action that is, yeah, that's okay. that's kind of where I go with it is, which is why I'm really hesitant. I don't think Wednesday was a riot. I really don't. I think there was some mob mentality going on. I think it was a little egregious in the efforts. I think that cop dying, like <sighs> the fact that the fact there's video of them surrounding that capital, poli- you know, capital police guy and stopping fel- him to that death. That is felonious. That is, yes, that is felonious, and that is a terrible, terrible, terrible tragedy, and it. You know, it it should it should be charged as a capital. Cur- it's a ten dollar word. Can you? It should that? be charged as a felonious. Month. It should be charged. Oh, felonious! felonious. It, like it's a felony. Um, it should be ch- it should be charged okay. as a capital crime because you killed a peace officer. 
man, it's still on point because they they are there protesting what is happening in the Capitol, and they go into the Capitol to stop what they believe. I think is going the truth. into the Capitol is is still a protest. It is is it swarming the Capitol? Yes. Is it occupying the Capitol? Yes. But it is a protest. I. I, be- I believe I think that. Leaving, I think but leaving I think messages. I think dies, leaving messages yeah. on Pelosi's desk is still a protest. Now, if they'd got, they, if, they'd gone, yeah. if they'd gone, if they'd gone four blocks west and started, or uh, sorry, four blocks east and started getting into the subdivisions and the businesses over there and started destroying those, that becomes a riot. Well, good luck, because four blocks east and. There's dudes with guns in the corner. But that's that. what I'm saying. Like, be- because <laughs> they, they stayed central to their message, they were they did exactly what they set out to do, which was protest the confirmation of President-elect Biden. They disrupted the pr- the confirmation of the President-elect Biden. They got the coverage they wanted and their point of view on it. It's that, still I mean, it's still a protest. That goes back to what I said earlier. Wednesday was an absolute victory for... The QAnon, MAGA, Tea Party, Patriot, whatever conglomerate all that shit is at this point until in 2021, Wednesday was a goddamn yeah. victory. They, you know they didn't. Fuck. I mean, I hate to, I hate to say like, I hate to say that even if they'd set fire to the Capitol, that it would still be a protest. But it's like it's it's okay. still on. But it's still <laughs> I'm like, it's stop still you on message. I'm stop it you is there. still on message. You know what? I'm, that's kind of where I'm getting at with the difference between like a riot and a protest. We, you know, burning down buildings and breaking into businesses and looting your target is not. That is a riot because it has nothing to do with your protest. If you're if you're surrounding police stations over the death of a you know the death of an unarmed black man who was killed in police custody, and you're breaking windows out and you're sabotaging police cars, like I still think that's it's a forceful protest. Uh, I still think it's a protest. Okay, so... It's not a peaceful protest. Seg- it's not a peaceful demonstration. Seg- it is still a protest. Segue into section four. At one point, did this go from a patriotic or, or rally into an insurrection or treason? Well, well, I have some words on that. Fuck yeah, go Aaron. I think that the people I feel most bad for in this instant are the people that were and I'll just use JM's words, those that were protesting. Now, the reason I feel bad for them is because they genuinely believe that they are right. They genuinely believe um, the president's message. Um, Yeah, they genuinely believe that they got something stolen from them. It's injustice against America. They, They believe that, yeah. Yeah, so so some of the things that we try to do here at the podcast is we we like to talk about the news, right? But we're also trying to fact check ourselves and offer a little bit of opinion on the side while we're beer drinking, and <laughs> it can be a little convoluted. But like, sure. again, something that we learned prior to the podcast while we were trying to figure out how to write our college papers or whatever is what is rhetoric. And how does it mobilize people? How does it convince people to do? Uh, <clears throat> how does it convince people to help me out here uh, to act on your behalf? Right. Yeah. Without giving without giving the command, how do you inspire people to act in your efforts? Right. Um. So I don't think 
I don't think that what happened at the Capitol was um, treasonous by any means. Um, Agreed. I think it's fucked up. I think it's gross. No, because I, st- I stand a lot behind of things, but I, I don't think it was. What do you think of the actions of the politicians? I think, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, like, because because the the people that formed there genuinely believed that their way of life is going away. And if we say that black lives matter, that means you no longer have a job. They're scared. Well, those so all those people at the Capitol on Wednesday were are being told over and over by Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, all these people that if Joe Biden gets in office, socialism will take over. Donald Trump says our country's over. We don't have a country. It's over. If Joe Biden is president, Joe Biden is a 70 year old man who doesn't really have a strong opinion on much. So you're kind of I when I hear that rhetoric, I'm like, you're selling me a really shitty uh, set of goods here. Like, I'm not stupid, but plenty of people want to hear that. They want to hear that their country's being stolen from them. They want to hear that. They're the only ones who could stand up and stop the steal. So I think what I think what the president did was border, borderline um, insurrection, uh, from inspiring an insurrection. I think the people that acted on it acted in faith of the Constitution because we we hear the trope over and over and over that. Um, the, that we don't work for the United States government, the United States government works for us, right? And that's what that's what it's supposed to be because what's the opening sentence of the Constitution? The opening con- sentence of the Constitution, which is these people believe that there that there has been an affront. We the that has been there has been an affront to the Constitution. The Constitution is what is what makes America America. This is everything that if it's not in the Constitution, it doesn't count. Um, that it is. It is not America if it's not in the Constitution. And so you're talking about a group yeah, of people so who believe, you know, we, roads, cell phones, refrigerators. Yeah, so you got a pe- you got a group of people out there who are living by the statement of we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish yeah, the Constitution right for the United States of America. Everything in that sentence is exactly what they thought that they are doing. They are promoting the general welfare. They are securing liberty for themselves. They are ensuring domestic tranquility against a stolen election. They are providing for the common defense by refusing a government takeover by the Democratic Party. I, these people acted patriotically whether they were inspired by whether they were inspired by uh inflammatory sentences truth they acted patriotically because they acted off of that first sentence of the constitution and that's the part that i hate that we just allow uh, the other part and like you know democrats are very much guilty of this shit too like the fascist word gets thrown out at drop of a hat but the fact that we allow each side like if so and so wins it's fascism if so and so wins it is socialism and that's got to fucking stop cuz that's not i'm sorry but our country's been gridlocked for decades uh so Aaron uh i don't know if you ever seen this movie it's not a great movie but 
the American president, Michael Douglas from like 1995. It's like a, he's, he's a widowed president and he goes on a date. <laughs> I know, but here's why I'm bringing it up. Brittany and I were watching it on like Tuesday night. Like it, I just put it on. I'm like, ah, I remember this was a kid, whatever. I put it on and every, they mentioned global warming they mentioned like three or four other topics that we're still fucking dealing with in 2021. And like, we both looked at each other like, how is this 25 years ago? This is still the same shit we're dealing with today. So did they mention the income gap at all? I'm pretty sure they did. I know minimum wage came up. <laughs> so, of course it did. So like, of course it so did. So for each, for every election cycle for us, we sold this fucking shitty bill of goods saying, if so-and-so wins, it's fascism. If so-and-so wins, it's socialism. It's like, fuck that. We, like, we have not moved the needle as a country except for like three or four times in the past 25 years. And it took 9-11 for us to move a needle and also we're in a surveillance state, that kind of shit. Thank you, Patriot Act. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, but Joe Biden isn't going to usher in Socialism. I'm not no, pipe bombs, I mean absolutely FBI. not. We're not making pipe bombs because now, I mean, look at what I w- I will say that you had a better chance at ushering in a little bit of fascism under Trump because he's not par- he was not part of the political system. He truly was an outsider who is going to bring in an outsider perspective, and that's what we got. But I'm not saying he brought fascism. But if you're going to tell me this person could bring fascism, like. Yeah, okay, sure, yeah. Like he has nothing to well, lose. Like he doesn't now, have a senatorship well, to go back to. Well, now the fear is shit. now the fear is um because because the Democrats control the Democratic Party controls the House of Representatives and now they control the presidency and now they control the Senate that there is a chance to get the super progressive um super progressive uh, uh laws and 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 line of thinking he is not uh, president biden is not the one to do that kamala yes. might get there um i mean she's gonna put us in jail for possession of marijuana for anything else yeah <laughs> um yeah i think i think it takes a lot when it, when i think that was a wonderful when cheering. i think insurrection and treason um Insurrection is going to be, and treasonous is going to be, um, Snowden. Uh, Snowden is treasonous. Yeah, I agree there. Um, insurrection is going to be Timothy McVeigh. Um, okay, so here's a question for you. So we've both seen the pictures of who we now know is a Nashville bartender with the blacked out outfit and the zip cut the zip ties zip oh cups. i didn't realize he was a bartender so yeah that that's that's yeah. came out now he's a bartender in nashville i like i think at kid rocks bar and grill well, some that shit like just that. makes sense okay of course okay but if nashville bartender guy with his zip cuffs got a hold of I, I, mike I'm pence not the, or if he got a hold he got a hold of any congressman and they, this is all hypothetical. If he had actually got a hold of a congressman, and either held them for rant, helped kidnap them, or execute them, would you say that's insurrection? Oh yeah, no, that, no, that's, or that's or that still be no, protest? No, 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 because uh, at that point, so the when you when you talk protest, the 
I feel like kidnapping could be borderline protest. No, I, no, no, kidnapping. Any sort no, of no, harm. It's, it's when you put is, when you when there is physical, when there is the threat of physical. Oh, when I'm sorry, not even the threat. When there is physical action, actually, I'd, I'd go as far as the threat. When you when there is physical harm threatened or um, it actually occurs, that's no longer a protest. And in my mind, that's not even a riot anymore. Uh, that yeah. is a, at that point, uh, act of terrorism. That, insurrection. Yeah, that, no, at that point, it's an act of te- domestic terrorism. And at that point, it is truly, um, it is truly treasonous. Because, I mean, the idea, like, there was instances of people marching into the Capitol saying, hang Mike Pence because he didn't do what the well, president you saw that you saw the videos do. of uh, Lindsey Graham the next day just getting destroyed going through the airport because he stood up to oh, people. Oh fuck yeah. Like he got lit the fuck up. Just like just like uh Mitch uh, not Mitch, Mitt Romney did on Man, Tuesday night. Like he's I, in the airport going dude, to the I've Capitol stuff on, and people are just fucking going I've in I've seen on some him. stuff on Parlor about people going in on Ted Cruz that Ted Cruz didn't do enough. And there's people turning on Ted Cruz and for you to turn on Ted Cruz is That's wild cuz Ted Cruz like he held the part. Him and Josh Hawley held yeah. the fucking line. No, the, yeah, the, the <laughs> point where, so the dude that goes in with the zip ties, he did not have protest in mind. Um, yeah, okay. I don't think he had protest in mind. Whether, whether he had those zip ties as part of a cool militia outfit or not. Zip ties change it. It'd be the same as if he, if he had a handgun with a loaded magazine in it, I would say And that he goes, you know things. what? I'm never going to use this. I'm going to do this just so I can have it, just so they can see me. And then there's that moment that happens in the middle of the chaos of this protest where he goes, oh, shit, I have this gun on me. Or, hey, we actually saw this senator that I hate. You know, I've got these zip ties. Because you brought them there, that is the forward thinking of yeah. there. Th- there is some premeditation at that point. At that point. Even you brought though, it. Even though you, you said, it. I'm going to do this for show. I'm going to do this for show just so they're scared of me. Dude, in the moment of chaos, you don't know what you're going to do with those. And and these people and truly believe that they're f- um, – I don't, I don't mean to use these people derogatorily – the the people the protester yeah the those, protesters there the people yes, present the pe- <laughs> the protesters there truly believe that their freedoms are under fire that their way of life is being affronted uh, is I'm sorry the presidential election was an affront to American democracy to everything that their flag that the flag stands for and so there is already a heightened sense of tension there there is a there's there is a adrenaline going on. Because now you, they've because been told you have to go there and you ha- stop you, it. You've been told by the person you support that I can't do this without you. And so now you're kind of working under this. You're kind of working under this um, cult of personality leadership style. There's something funny that happens here, and I we kind of talked about it when I was in college, but it's like. The idea of the zombie apocalypse where you just get all your guns together and you go into this tribal mentality wasn't something necessarily that anybody wants. But for some people, kind of. Like where they get to stand up and like do what they think they need to do 
to protect the interest of their own uh, quote unquote patriotism. Well, but I don't think it's quote unquote, like Aaron. Oh, hold on a second. Before we go on, I don't think that's quote unquote at all. I, th- I think these guys, uh, these guys and gals, these, because they're, you know, they're right wing, so I'll give them, I'll, I will only call them guys and girls or men and women because they'd be offended if I called them anything else. Um, they, <laughs> I don't think it's quote unquote patriotism. I think, I mean, these, they truly believe that they are doing their patriotic duty. Um, and I, as much as I hate what happened only because they delayed the inevitable, um, I, I truly respect. Well, people died. That's kind of like, that's where I I got got, people died. I got, and I understand and it's terrible. Um, but you know, people die when a football stadium collapses and you're getting out or there are preventable efforts in mob mentality where groupthink takes over and it becomes <laughs> there. There, stuff that happens in a groupthink mentality where where chaos ensues and um, it is no longer um, it's no longer the individual. It is we move as a unit. I'm not moving as myself. Um, it sucks. You know, four people died. And that is fucking awful. Um, but they're patriots, man. They were patriots because they they were in their minds def- doing defending it for the, the opening statement, the the preamble of the Constitution. So we can move away from the uh, description of calling them terrorists. I'm, I'm not going domestic. I, uh, I, re- I absolutely I, I won't do it either. That when uh, CNN said it, and I know why CNN said it. Because it's CNN. And I have not said those words to you guys. I haven't said any other friends as far as calling them domestic terrorists or even white nationalists or any kind of shit like that. And so what does it mean to go back to our oath as, uh, well, we all had... Yeah, we've all taken an oath. T- ...ties to the military. What does it mean to support and defend the Constitution? And where did they go wrong in this regard? I think they went beyond the accepted norm of the first amendment i'm uh, no Jim. no that's that's really good no <laughs> no no uh norms cuz it's a societal norm right i think they went beyond like it for me it, it wasn't was, the norm and now I, they've done it and now it is and now it is an acceptable norm and so through their actions we have changed the norm that we have that god forbid this happens again the and it happens to the left, then the left can do it, and we can they can assert their and what life. parallels can we draw from the storming of the Capitol? Because there was the not my president movement, and look, I I didn't vote for him, but also um, still my president. I'm not the one that fucking said it, right? Yeah. So my like, f- point your fingers all you want. I live like in the Seattle, no, Tacoma, you. Portland area. I didn't say it in. It's it's not that I fucking like the guy. He yeah, was the president. Well, it's not stupid. I'm not gonna say I fucking like him, <laughs> but I'm also gonna be like, uh, he's, he's the president. Technically, my. <laughs> but I mean, shit. You worked. You worked. I you worked for him douche, for a couple years. But also, like, he's the president. Yeah, you worked for him for a couple yeah. years, Aaron. Yeah, no. Did. Yeah, you did. You worked for. Nope. Him. Nope. I signed out of the military January 5th of 2017. Oh, he was 20th. sworn in. Uh. Yeah. Yep. I got out, and guess who is still President my commander-in-chief? 
So I got lit up on Instagram by my father-in-law for, uh, <laughs> yeah, I made a post. Oh, man, the holidays must have been great. I made a post about Wednesday, but I never had truly disparaging posts on Facebook, I guess, or Instagram about the BLM stuff. And I think this kind of goes with what y'all are getting at, like the parallels, like what's now accepted behavior. And so, you know, we had a little back and forth. It was all respectful. It's fine. Like he's basically saying, like, oh, would like to see this when you know cities were on fire during it. Just I guess it's a riot or a protest based on who you agree with. Which he was putting a lot of words in my mouth, but that's fine, whatever. Um, but the point he had kind of was his secondary point was like all these people that were there on Wednesday, they saw the actions taking place across the country over the summer that got kind of under the rug by media and leftists and so forth. And so they acted in kind and he had a point and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. He did. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, well, I'm curious what his point was. Well, essentially his point was that like these people got away with burning shit to the ground why can't these guys so, on Wednesday? And my answer to him was expectations. I think it sucks. And I'm going to say something really shitty here is since the 60s, we've seen, you know, race related issues turn into riots. It's kind of the expectation. I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. And please blow me up on no, no, no. No, no. our so, socials. It's fine. I can take it. But we don't have anywhere near the expectation from the right wing like like i mentioned earlier they always say like oh we have jobs we we you know respect law and order we're the law and order party so forth they're they're the they're the uh that wasn't wednesday that's the party of well it wouldn't have happened to him if he just followed the law right now to counter that um (laughs) to counter that so uh the atlanta mayor uh keisha bottoms keisha lance bottoms she goes by her full name um, during the Atlanta riots, her statement was against her base. So during the middle of the Atlanta riots, she says, what I see happening on the streets of Atlanta is not Atlanta. This is not a protest. This is not in the spirit of Martin yeah. Luther King Jr. This is chaos. She turned on her base and said, effectively, go, you know, this is not us. What you're doing is detrimental. Um, and so you have a Democratic mayor, a Democrat mayor, speaking to a group of infuriated and repressed black Americans setting their city on fire. And she's telling them, stop. This is not us. This is not what we do. And then to invoke the name of Martin Luther King, who is, you know, between him, Malcolm X, uh, Rosa Parks, the Harvard students who the Har- or the Harvard group um, who registers voters in Alabama and Georgia and Mississippi um, to be, yeah, the yep. Freedom Summers. Um, yeah. This is not in the spirit of the T- Tuskegee Airmen. This is not in the spirit of Selma, of you know, of everything. And she goes, "You are doing yourself a disservice." Um, there were people yeah. on a national stage. Does she get the play on that? Absolutely not, because because the Democrat part, the you know, the expectation is that the the racial minorities are going to do this 
and this is good what you know historically and then she's saying stop no 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 but she doesn't get the coverage of this because she's a black woman speaking to black persons in atlanta um yeah, I'm kind of now. I'm kind of rambling off on that, but that would have been my argument. That would have been my no, argument no, to Joe. I, I'm is with go, you. Look, man, and no, they're they're their leaders are standing up to them saying this, but they're not going to get the coverage that the president is going to get when they tell them to stop burning down Minneapolis because now it's a white versus black versus a black versus black. Yeah, yep. <sighs> yeah, I mean it's all kind of exhausting. Um, so again. Uh, Aaron, you kind of went to go pee, and we got derailed a little bit. But I think in a really good derailment, I think that was a good derailment, if you will. But patriotism becomes what Dave and I kind of agreed on here is patriotism kind of becomes treasonous insurrection once you cross that line to where there's now harm or against even a, the government Or even like itself. a threat of physical violence. Just the threat yeah. of physical violence is enough to make it treasonous because or insurrection. my hypothetical to him was... Zip, t- zip cuff guys, if he actually got a hold of Mike Pence or anyone else, held them hostage uh, or worse, executed, because that was hang Mike Pence was thrown out there. That was a cry people had, which crazy. That That's kind of the, the, the line we found between patriotism and insurrection and treason was basically on intent and action. Man, I just had a family member yesterday say Would that you agree? he hopes Nancy Pelosi dies the worst, most painful, horrendous death ever, and he can watch it and go, that's what you get. And He's that's also because the same person who said... Politicians na- in general have been dehumanized for, since fucking talk radio first hit. Like, I grew up... Oh, my Rush grandpa Limbaugh. loves fucking Rush Limbaugh. And since... Oh, yeah, I grew up on that, too. And... All they did, like, they, it's just, and you know what? The music's really cool. <laughs> and we're all, we've all, again, we've all had military experience. And I've seen this with my dad with 20 years in. He, he has a hard time addressing a person as an individual versus a person as a group because he's been taught to dehumanize. And that's what we've been taught through talk, you know, not, not, not just talk radio, well, but that's kind of a start. Through mass media, we've been taught to dehumanize groups of people like they're Democrats, they're all monsters. They're Republicans, they're all monsters. And He's that's the same what we're seeing. Nancy Pelosi isn't seen as a woman or a congresswoman. She's seen as the fucking Antichrist because that's what we've allowed to happen. And you bring up a really great point here because you're talking about like messages that are distributed through a multimedia platform. I mean, we're doing it right um, now. A- anybody listening to us sure. could take what we're saying and go, we you know what? Try, These guys have try changed to be my good mind. Guys. We try to be the good guys. We try to do the right thing, but we're probably not 100% or 80%. So the, the multimedia <laughs> industry is unregulated, right? Yeah. You can say whatever. For the most part. <laughs> Regardless what Trump, so Trump and everyone's saying today. So I think this is actually a great transition to, to, to Section 230. Um, right. So I was very, um, I, I will, cause I brought it up. Um, I was very unfamiliar with section two thirty until, um, until the past couple of weeks. I don't know what, did y'all have a, any kind of familiarity with what section two thirty was before this? Fuck no. Not until Trump said like, we've got to repeal it. I had, I yeah. Like, so part the of the, part of the, um, part of the stimulus package that when, 
when president, so the president fought for $2,000 for us, for everybody. Uh, quick math, what is there, like 330 million people in the United States? Uh, so 330 million people at $2,000 a piece is 660, uh, $660 billion. To give you an idea of that, that would drop the defense budget from $3.3 trillion down to $2.7 trillion, And it would oh, not man. affect how inadequately I can still do my job. Like at that point, you're still, it's really not that much money. Um, to give you an idea of like the amount of money that we're spending on one section of the government, much less whatever the rest of the budget is. Um, so Section 230 was passed in 1996. So now 1996, um, we're still getting on, you know, Disney.com and AOL.com, and it's all still... We are still getting disc in the mail for 20 and hours. And it's still text message. It's still text message-based <laughs> websites, and it's still... Um, it's still... Um, HTML based. There's no, you know, there's no Java. It still took five minutes to see a picture of boobs. <laughs> yeah, there's no, um, <laughs> there's no JavaScript. It is a very base um, internet. So Section 230 is the is it's called Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. It says an inter interactive computer service can't be treated as the publisher or speaker of third party content. Period. Whatsoever. So Twitter is not a publisher. If all three of us right now decided to say, you know what, Hitler was right, kill the Jews, our, our host of this, Anchor.fm, cannot be held liable for what we are saying because they are not the publisher of our content. We are the publisher of our own content. They just allow us to put our content on their site. We on. also agreed to their terms of service as a private company. The issue now is... Now that the president has been permanently banned from Twitter, permanently banned from Facebook, let's not go into everything else because these are and the Pinterest. two big ones, right? <laughs> Along with that, uh, Sidney Powell has also been uh, revoked from Twitter. Uh, I b and uh, and Mike General Flynn. Flynn and I think McInerney also got the boot, also. The Lieutenant General of the Air Force who did the CIA conspiracy in Frankfurt. Um, so a lot of fringe... Out, not the president, but a lot of fringe politicians and fringe talking heads have been booted from uh, social media platforms under this. The president wanted to repeal Section 230 because he'd come under sanctions previously from Twitter with tweets being removed. Or flagged as, this contains faulty information. The This gets into a really what section 230 is this gets really into the protection of twitter saying that they have a sydney powell's book is called license to lie oh, yeah, just yeah. so you guys know yeah <laughs> wow uh, license to um, lie so the whole the this this uh section 230 was crafted by a democrat out of oregon and a republican out of california chris cox um or in a Republican out of California blows my mind. It must have been like Bakersfield or something like that. Um, yeah, like but Devin this Newman's gives the, this gives sites like Twitter, Facebook, Parler, Gab, um, Instagram, Spotify, Anchor, Messy, whomever the right to moderate the content on their website as they see fit within the terms of service that the people using their platform agreed to, and that's the key thing is that. 
they agreed to it. So like the big trope, uh, the big um, the big meme going around right now is for the right wingers to go. It's censorship. It's censorship. It's censorship. And they go, well, imagine imagine Twitter as an internet bakery, and all of Trump's tweets are gay cakes. Um, yeah, which they all think should not be made. And that's where, if the if the baker did not so want to make them, the problem is is that Twitter, Facebook, uh, Reddit uh, banned the r slash Donald Trump subreddit. This comes almost uh, six months after uh, uh, the Donald uh, T underscore Don or the underscore Donald subreddit was banned from the community. Um, is that they feel that mass media is suppressing conservative views. <laughs> and which ones are those exactly? Well, it's or is that just right, generalized? You, how long ago did uh, so? Alex Jones got Alex Jones my got mind, demonetized. Conservative views aren't what's being yeah, so blocked. alex like, alex jones got you demonetized. Me what a conservative view is i'm like free market and yeah. jesus not uh the cia got attacked in frankfurt because special ops tried to take down a server and none of that's true correct but the, so the, but these social media platforms the the big issue with twitter at the moment is the ayatollah who says some pretty outrageous stuff about death to Americans and death to America <laughs> because it's the Ayatollah <laughs> and that's that's what that's what people who hate us are going to say that's the Iranian like they've been saying oh, that shit since know. 79 um, but there is that's their point is going you and they're and that's kind of what they're they're looking at lawsuits into Twitter going you're only censoring who you want to but they yeah. have the yeah. right to censor who they want to because it is a it's, it's a, a private, private entity. entity. Now, a lot of people say no, they can't do it because it's publicly traded that makes it a public company. No, that's not how the stock market works. Um, a private company it basically crowdsources funding through stock trading. <laughs> that's that's how you gain equity into your company. That's how you get money into it. Yeah, you're a p yeah, they're thinking like public company like public parks mean like the government owns it and that's not um, the fucking case. But that's basically the rundown of section two thirty and what is of the um of the Communications Decency Act and what exactly is happening with them. Um President Trump has been trying since oh God, mid last year. October. No, mid no, it went further back, uh mid last year. Um May. May twenty twenty. Um he tried to. Re he released an executive order targeting Section 230, um, asking regulators to redefine it more narrowly, more narrowly bypassing the authority of Congress and courts. Uh, it wants to push agencies to collect complaints of political bias that could justify revoking sites' legal protections. So what he wants to do is determine what sites are censoring what information, and revoke 230 protections for these sites. Um, the reason this is important right now is because this is all fallout. This is all fallout from Wednesday. We mentioned it earlier in the timeline, right? They shut down his account um, on Friday um, or Saturday. I'm sorry. They shut down his account on Saturday. And this is all fallout of you are inciting, you were inciting violence. Should they be doing this with 
and Tifa members with an Antifa official? Should they be doing this with official Black Lives Matter? So people are allowed to have their own thoughts, right? Like you're allowed to talk about what you believe. Um, I like the idea of Antifa because it just means that you're just an anti. You don't see an, you don't see Antifa as the and far I left version of the Proud Boys. Well. Well, that's the point I'm trying to make, is that it becomes very troublesome when you start to arm Antifa, which happened here in Tacoma, and have an Antifa militant go arm pipe bombs and attack the immigration detention center here in Tacoma. And he gets shot to death. Now, that happened over the summer. So, it... It's tenuous, right? So, should they be should they be booted? I don't know. I think it's a really good question. I think it needs to ex- be. I think it needs to be explored some more. I, I'm not exactly against it, but I'm not exactly. Or are we just gonna it. stick I with the cake and? When it comes to misinformation, when it okay. comes to misinformation, that's where I like to draw the line. It's like. Nazism. The, bad. And I think that's I think that's important that right. to clarify why he got booted. He got you know the president, Sidney Powell, Flynn, McInerney. Uh, I'm sure Giuliani's not too far behind. Uh, Mark Levin actually canceled his own Twitter in solidarity. Um, A bunch of people decided to yeah, eject themselves. Um, but it's not. I guess I guess I probably sh- could have phrased that better. Yeah, it, they didn't boot him because of. What he was inciting, what he was saying, it was the propagation of misinformation. I'm sorry. Yeah, you. you yeah, thank you for clarifying that, Aaron. So I, I just, I think that there's a little bit of a difference there, and it's not. Look, it's America, free and equal, um, pursuit of happiness, uh, as long as you don't infringe on a, anybody else's rights. Question mark. Yeah, there's, but also. It's it's tenuous at best when you've got what you call the far left and then you have the alt right and somewhere in between there's actually most of everybody else and you know for people like me I'm kind of left wondering I, I'm left wondering how it got okay this so far which lawmaker which current lawmaker said the idea that it's a tech company is that Section 230 should be revoked. Immediately should be revoked, number one, for Zuckerberg and other platforms. It should be revoked because it is not merely an Internet company. It's propagating falsehoods they know to be false. Ted Cruz. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't Current even imagine. Lobby. Somebody currently sitting. Oh, I'm sorry, he's not a current lawmaker. He's a current political figurehead. Oh, Trump? <laughs> Biden. Aaron? I, I, I would probably have to say that it's... I, I think that you're asking because there's some irony here because yeah, it sounds like, like maybe so a Republican Joe Biden said, said that in January last year. Aha! He, he proposed complete revocation of Section 230, not an amendment... President Trump wants an amendment to it, 
narrowing its definition. In January 2020, now President-elect Biden wanted a complete revocation of it because it's not a news outlet, because it's not New York Post, because it's not New York Times. It is a tech company. Well, so what um, happened? All right. you're, you, actually, you bring up a really great point. There's a difference. There's a difference between social media, and there's the difference between the press. Press is yeah. The press has shield laws, the right? The press <laughs> operates as much as they can independently, and they do have they have humans working. For, they have humans working for sway. them who have an opinion on what they're writing, regardless of how factual they try to make it. Because mm-hmm. they're going to see it through the biased lens of whatever they're viewing. I mean, nice one. I, every now and then I pull out a nugget. So <laughs> my question here is what happens if it is revoked? What what what's that look like? Um then they fall under first amendment, then they fall under true first amendment protections where everybody gets this Limp Biscuit gets their own Twitter. <laughs> uh I mean really you you look at Could be cool. If it gets like is it good well, if this you happens? get um you get parlor um, that's that's what you get. Um, you get. You, there's no more fact checking, and I think I think that's where it drew that with COVID, uh, when they started tagging stuff as false information because none of the, I, I I can't remember before the COVID um, pandemic starts any post getting tagged as this might be misleading information. Can y'all? No, that was the start of it. No, that was the absolute start of it. No, I got hit up because I, I made a post on social media that was like, oh, I just lost my job. Who wants to come over to the house? And somebody hit me up, and they were like, actually, I was in Wuhan. Um, I've reported your post. And this is before anybody what? had caught wind of how serious yeah. this was. I didn't know how serious it was. Like, I didn't know this many people were going to die. I was like, uh, pandemic, what the fuck is that? Um, so there has been some good things that come out of the 230 law. Um. Uh, in, two, in April of 2018, Trump signed into law um, the Allow States and Vit- Victims to Fight Online Trafficking Act, which is FOSTA, a bill that purports to fight sex trafficking by reducing legal protections for online platforms. Basically, if you put up uh, – this is where we get into a couple weeks ago where we talk about uh, Pornhub lost. Uh, they, they took down however many million videos, 14 million videos or something like 30 million videos, um, and that's part of – what the president, the current president, has been acting for in uh, in furtherance of narrowing the two, uh, section two thirty, um, saying that it's not all First Amendment, um, that you can't have somebody out there soliciting children or posting these videos online that are. N- what about free speech, JM? Free speech. This is, and again, this is this is kind of why we're having the discussion, right? It's it's because I'm hoping, you know, I'm, and now I've I've just been doing a lot of research on this in the last week, which is kind of why it's like, yeah, in my mind, it was always well, I'm on Twitter and do whatever the fuck they want. It, but as we, as we yeah, start, it's a private as we, private because it's a private entity, yeah, right? Yeah, private. That's the Republican side of my mind. That's the conservative side like, of my mind. Going, you agreed to these. Yeah, terms, you agreed to the terms. You're held accountable like, to them. If you don't like it, then I'm going to boot your ass. 
But then you start like peeling layers of this onion way and going, well, should they be allowed to do that? Should they be allowed to do that? Should they be allowed to do that? I mean, you kind of look at it from the lens of in 1996, no one had any fucking clue that you could have a Twitter. You could have a Facebook. You could have I mean, an Instagram. Fa- yeah, Facebook wasn't created until no like one 02. Twitter didn't even come around until uh, like 07. I think I've got a really kind of another funny parallel here. And this was a, a failed experiment as I remember it, but the idea was that there was going to be a Twitter-like format where you could record video and basically say, this is what I'm seeing live, this is the news, but it's all um, consumer reported or it's user report, user reported, reported yeah however you want to put user that. created content uh, user, it's user created content right it's user content oh like yeah. Wahlberg network or youtube because youtube's coming out or fire. youtube uh, uh the with, when, when they when they booted uh alex jones they demonetized him and then they just kicked all of his shit off the channels Alex Jones, QAnon fighter, <laughs> if you will. Uh, so, all right. So, I guess 2.30 gets revoked. All of a sudden, you can say whatever the fuck you want on Facebook and Twitter without well, which reprisal. Way does, it go? does it go, you can say whatever you want? Or, does it, or do they go straight, you can say what, everybody can say what we agree with? Which way does it go? If oh, if 230s revoked, which way does it go? Is it is a completely open media platform where there is no fact-checking, no this is misinformation, and we pretend that whatever you're saying is the truth, or does it go with they, de- they delete... That's what they I delete, assume is they the delete intent, group. but... Well, I mean, with like the, the free market that we were supposed to be founded on, then my assumption would be it's just... Um, uh, do as you will. Go okay. have fun. The rules are made up and they don't matter. <laughs> That's this right. Is whose line is it anyway? Yeah, I mean, if we're revoking, if two thirds revoked, and that means you can say anything you want without reprisal by the U.S. government and so forth, and okay, I guess. Does that mean Trump gets his account back? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I really hope. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, guys. I, I hated reading it. Um, it was bad. Yeah. I didn't see the shirt. It's at the bottom of it. Um, so we are at that point where we are true to format. And because we have despised talking about the election ever since Cody went on a second anniversary, which was... I never got to talk which about Which was the catalyst... Fucks. Which was the catalyst for, because if Cody hadn't gone on his second anniversary, there would be no contentious wedding. But because he went on his second anniversary, um, you know, unfortunately, Aaron and I were stuck to deal with this. And I I fully believe that um, it's our fault the election just turned out this way because we were the ones that had to usher it in for all of our listeners. And because Aaron and I had to put together a shit show podcast, you got a shit show election. (laughs) So true to format... We're going to bring you some good news. Now, only one member of this podcast is left in Texas. My heart is still in Texas. I'm wearing a Lone Star beer hat. Um, 
but I am no longer in Texas. I am in North Carolina. Aaron is out in uh, Seattle, Tacoma area. Uh, it's just Tacoma. I don't know why I keep saying Seattle. It's Tacoma. Seattle's like a good, good. No, Seattle's a hike That's away. Fine. It's a, you know, it's a 45 minute train ride. Like it's a hike. Is it 45 minutes, an hour? Whatever. It's Tacoma. There's a huge difference because Tacoma is cool as shit. I love that city. Um, <laughs> so only one person is left in Texas. And I just got a, actually just got a push notification from the Austin American Statesman that schools are going to be closed tomorrow. And schools generally only close for two things in Texas. Um one of them is football, hey, baseball, one hey of them, federal holidays. Hey so season. One, well, in I guess three, three, depending on where you're at, it's going to be the first cut of hay. Um, and Aaron is not wrong because we actually closed uh, my ju- junior year, sophomore year. Uh, football team made state playoffs, so uh, we only went to school for like from like nine to eleven, so everybody could go to the state playoffs in College Station. Uh, so yeah, football. Or snow. <laughs> and they got snow today. And, big, oh. and like legitimate, it stuck to the ground snow, which is weird in Texas. Usually it like it, it usually doesn't happen. It snows somewhere between like three, I four in the morning. Sleet. And by nine o'clock in the morning, it's gone. <laughs> it's, it's just gone because it's 70. Yeah, so congratulations! La- oh, congratulations Last night to him. I went out. It was my bu- it was for my uh, my buddy Alex's birthday, and got pretty drunk because he kept buy- like as like friends of ours would come into Mesquite Creek, he would get up and get himself and them a beer, knowing he had a beer on the fucking table. So at some point, like like Alex, you have four beers on this table, and you went and just oh. bought another one. So now we have to Aaron, help so him Aaron, finish uh, these beers. On Mesquite Creek. Aaron, you got to go to Mesquite Creek because this is a, um, it's an outfitter. It's a clothing store that has uh, like 14 taps, 12 taps, something like that. But the taps yeah. aren't the same all night long because, because they as, they, as, they, as they kill as they kegs, pops, they, bring a new they just bring in another keg of a different beer. So if you get there at 8 o'clock and that beer has been there for two days, there's a good chance by 11 o'clock that beer is not there anymore and your your tap's going to change. So they're constantly rotating taps all night long. It's downtown Georgetown. Where's this place at? In Georgetown. It's cool. Like they just rotate, they just yeah, rotate it's, kegs. Oh. And it's just little pony okay. kegs. So they just rotate these kegs all night long. So you'll go up there yeah. and be like, hey, I want number so 11. Last night, I'm checking out their menu. I'm, yeah. I'm actually kind of interested. Yeah. So last night, pretty schloss. Not not blackout, but, you know. <laughs> so I slept till fucking 11. Whoa. Which that is, is super weird, weird for, me. for you. I don't Usually, sleep like, that late. Usually, like, even hungover, I don't sleep like that nine. late. Yeah, no. This <laughs> I slept till fucking 11. And I get up, and, like, I let the dogs. I'm like, like it's like Jack Skellington and... <laughs> Uh, nightmare for Chris. Like, what's this? <laughs> what's this? Like, it was fucking thick snow, and it's coming down. Like, I wake my wife. I'm like, like, hey, you gotta see this. She's like, oh, what? I'm like, no, you've got to see this. And she rolls out. She's like, holy shit! Like, that's real snow. I'm like, I know that does not happen here. Like JM said, it like it's here for like two hours, and it's gone. Well, no, it stayed all fucking day. We had a snow day in Georgetown, Texas today. It was amazing. Like, it was the perfect day, really. Like, it was amazing. So, you know, we went out and did, like, pictures. And, like, 
I had a sled in my garage that was mine was a kid when I was living in Germany, like as you know, like between two and seven. My grandpa bought me the sled and luckily we never got rid of it. Like I still have it. It's like twenty some odd years old. Pretty cool. So I was like, hey, let's go take my sled down to uh, my sister's house and take my niece out on it. And oh man, it's cool because my other niece. Same niece that you cried to yep. reading the <laughs> children's book to? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same niece. <laughs> yeah. So we took the sled over oh there. Oh my God, these pictures are beautiful. We all piled into uh, my brother in law's truck and we found this like pretty killer hill off of a uh, rivery drive. And all we did for an hour is just bomb the hills on the sled. It was so much fucking fun. Oh, man. And then afterwards, this my wife great. and I went to get some Chinese food, and we found a place that was actually open. <laughs> yeah, no, and so Aaron, I, I crushed a sake bomb. So and she Aaron, was really mad in uh, January of she can't fourteen, have <laughs> yeah, January of fourteen, I was in between Germany and Korea. Um, I came home, and like I, I changed planes in Atlanta, flew into Austin. I got home on a Saturday. Friday or Saturday. This is how like this is how serious snow is. On Saturday, the news projected that there was a chance of ice and snow on Monday, so they went ahead and canceled school. Like it was there yeah. it's not that there was going to be. They projected they go, there is a chance of ice and snow, and so they there just could canceled be everything. Ice. Because one, Texans so Texans can't dr- good for Texans you. Texans can't drive in the rain. All that shit. Period. Like it rains over here, and there's just wrecks everywhere. And then you, and then you put snow on the ground, and they lose their minds. <laughs> like nobody knows what to do. <laughs> it's pretty bad. So it was a fun day. Like, like I really like, you know, like we're done. Like, man, we needed today. Today was great. After this whole week of just elections and quasi insurrections like we had a fucking snow day where we just like bombed hills on a sled it was like it was incredible so that's the good news is texans got snow unless you're in houston and sucks to suck yeah it's a little too humid out there for that to work yeah ah so that's the good news um i do want to bring up one thing and i'll make it my closing comments i suppose is I excitedly held up this book Among earlier. the Thugs by Bill Buford. Yeah, so don't, please... Oh, yeah, I was trying to figure out what that was about. Please, audience, don't take this out of context. When he's talking about thugs, this is in relation to uh, soccer hooligans in the 80s and 90s in England. And you're like, Cody, why would you bring this book up today? Because, you know, I read this uh, during the pandemic, actually, and the whole thing is a great sociology book on crowd mentality or cra- and crowd violence. Oh, I thought you were going to go I thought you were going to go so this into guy, the um oh, the Hillsborough the Hillsborough stadium collapse. That certainly is part of it. That is absolutely part of it and that's near and dear as a Liverpool fan. So what this book talks about is this reporter goes undercover. I don't want to say undercover. Like he tells people he's a reporter, but he gets in. Like he's reporting on soccer hooligans, like these groups that represent Man uh, Manchester United and the English team. And he 
he's there in the crowd and he talks about how it's a living thing. Essentially, you have this um, this body of people and it comes alive and most of those people are there for a good time. But you have people within that crowd, like you know, different leaders who they're looking for a reason to set it off, turn it into more. And I think that's what we see at these riots, uh, you know, Wednesday, that protest, if you want to call it that, is you have the crowd is a living thing. So the moment that it becomes a living, breathing entity is when shit gets out of hand and things can set it off. It turns into something it wasn't supposed to be. So you go from a bunch of drunk singing hooligans to you know, a bunch of drunks fucking flipping over cars, stabbing people in the chest, and being kicked out of Italy for until the mid-90s type shit. And that's – I recommend this book, Among the Thugs by Bill Buford. And you get an idea of how any crowd can turn on its – can turn into a riot, a <laughs> crime spree. Uh, yeah, give it a look. Get, give it a read, guys. Uh, the 30 people who listen, please read it. Well, that's going to actually... – One of them looks it up on Amazon, see if there's a one-star there's review, a, and they say no. That'll bring us into the outro. <laughs> Um, because Cody made a promise last week, and because Cody made a promise, now we have to deliver. Um, Ooh, I do have a Well, then I'm going to go well. into my good news, too. So go ahead. Yeah, everybody good news. Great. Um, I bought a t-shirt that says, <laughs> Too Drunk for New York City, says Too, too Ugly for, for LA. I just purchased, too dumb I just purchased it. Too Ugly for LA. Too dumb. <laughs> ah, fuck. Who cares? Waylon. What? Sorry, Waylon I can't read cursive. Fuck you. It's beautiful. Waylon North Carolina Jennings. education. It's beautiful, and I love it. Waylon Jennings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Well, then my good news is I just moved into a awesome. It's tiny, a little five hundred fifty square foot, but awesome apartment and a killer location, and a hundred plus year old hotel in downtown Fayetteville. Um, and I've already got permission from the property manager to drill into walls and do whatever I want to make this place my own. Um, I've got some incredible designs laid out. I'm going to do some super irresponsible spending on one of my high limit credit cards <laughs> and uh, make this place home for the next three to five years. I, I'm stoked to come out and visit and like. Dude, you're do gonna. A I think you're gonna like what I turned 550 square foot into. It's going to be, it's not going to be bachelor pad. It's going to be like classy. Yeah. Yeah. As it should be. I'm just waiting for your, like you are, you are, I, I wouldn't say you're classy, but you, you know, I was how talking to, to the lady it, at, right? uh, I went and grabbed a subway sandwich. There's a subway, uh, like a quarter block from me at the train station. And we were talking and somehow it came up about, you know, how I ended up in Fayetteville, da, 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 da. She goes, oh, where are you coming from? I said, well, I'm coming from a 47-acre ranch. Like, I'm country-ass shit, and I just moved into this 550-square-foot apartment, and I love being downtown because I can just walk everywhere. <laughs> it's like, you're like, is this like, the big this city? Is, <laughs> this is the lo- Except that, like, Fayetteville is, like, all of four Yeah, five, it doesn't matter, like, though. Like, the fact blocks. that I can just walk Very everywhere small. is just awesome. Yeah, you'll there's there's some bars up on um, 
upper Hay Street going west from where you're at. No, going eight. I'm on the far west side of Hay Street. Kid, it was it was kind of like a kitschy like Irish bar where they serve Guinness on uh, draft, which was kind of cool. Nice, because I snuck in one time. But also, like, <laughs> you, you know, it's it's not that far. It's actually a pretty cool spot. Um, you also have the uh, Airborne that Special is, Operations That is museum. next door to me. That's so cool. Do the fucking, like, I'm going to quote-unquote roller coaster thing. They put you in this, like, sensory chamber. It's kind of cool. Mm. All right, Cody. Uh all right, well, All right. here's to uh, JM's future ghost girlfriend, because I'm sure yeah. that, that place is haunted. Outro us. Um, <laughs> fulfill All your right, promise. so we, yes, uh, I promised a book club. No, no, it's not, <laughs> it's not that you promised hit, a book yeah. club. Last week's episode, you said, next week we will have a book for you that we have decided on. <laughs> okay, so for everyone out there, us three have all Amazon Chuck Palahniuk's Invisible Monsters. It's pretty fucked up, so come along on our fantastic yeah. voyage. And then afterwards, we're all going to listen to uh, Panic at the Disco's first album because the entire album, except for like two songs, is based off of Chuck Palahniuk novels. I mean, essentially, this book is the Buffalo Bill scenes <laughs> from Silence of the Lambs. With, uh, with a lot of lipstick. Sounds terrible. I'd fuck me. <laughs> Aaron's eyes. Aaron does not read this kind of stuff. This is what I live off of. I I I'm read very just general. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Aaron's going to make us read some history. like World War II memoir for our next book. No, no, no. I'm. I'll find something <laughs> way drier. Oh, we're going to read book five in the Dune series. <laughs> No, fuck you. I will quit. I'll quit the podcast. <laughs> Book four of uh, Song of Ice and Fire, the worst uh, out of all of them for you, George R.R. George Martin. Cody's a George R.R. Uh, R. Martin guy. I mean, I've read them. Uh, God, is it Feast for... Which which one's Book Feast four? for Crows was so fucking dry. Yes. Like, when he goes for, like, a page talking about, like, the different foods they're eating... <laughs> Well, he then, he did, then he did the book after doublet. all of that, uh, which I read in a school, and Dance it was dragons. just is fe- is Dance that the one dragons? where it's just the uh, lineage? It's the story of. Oh, oh no! no. It's you the re- history book. You read like the yeah the the reference book. Well, you read the Silmarillion. It, it was written <laughs> by it was written by the him. Fucking terrible. <laughs> That's probably why he hasn't yeah. finished the series. I'm w- I'm waiting for that guy to die. Quite frankly, he's like super overweight and he's old and he's. How like, did COVID he not, not get finish him? his book? Out of all people, how he did COVID go out? Not he get writes him. books in his mother's basement. He has four. He has like four assistants, and he gets really depressed and he just goes his to basement? his like fucking mountain town. And just plays he a, just goes off grid, like wild. out of Santa Fe, and he doesn't do his job, which he was. Contracted. All right, get us home, Cody. Yeah. All right, before we go further down the track, yeah. All right, sorry. hit us up on all the socials. We're pretty little loggers on Instagram. We're pretty loggers on Facebook. We're pretty Which loggers Aaron's managing on Twitter. Now. We are. Which is awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm putting followers up. We are drunkweekinreview at gmail.com. Uh, that's one we'll give out the most nowadays, yep. I suppose. And um, hey, Here's to next week being a better week for us <laughs> in America. 
Cheers. And, uh, yeah, cheers, guys. Good night, and we love you. Cheers.